Hello, everyone. I'm so glad to be with you. It's a good day because I do know this from the scriptures. This is the day that the Lord has made. And I don't know what you're going to do a bit because he's already made my day. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. Are you with me too? Praise the Lord. So uh, Pastor Joel has asked me to share something that has to do with different because we are from a different realm. <laughs> Amen. Even though we are, we are born on this earth, we really, our origins, thank God, are from a total different place. And uh, sometimes I've let people know we're really aliens on this earth because we've got our origins from, from heaven. So uh, even though we look like other people from the outside, there is just something different about us. Amen. And different doesn't come by you trying to be different because that might just make you a weird person. But difference, differences come uh, because of the fact that we are born of God and we have been filled with the Holy Spirit. And he is not just, you know, some kind of a renter who comes in and out, but he is an indwelling spirit. He is with us all the time. And so with that in mind, I would like to talk to you uh, about the spirit of might, the spirit of might that is uh, Upon you, it was upon Jesus. We know this from the scriptures in Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 2, which is really our foundational uh, scripture. You find this talking about Jesus as prophesied as the coming Messiah. It is prophesied about him that the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. So these are all attributes of the Holy Spirit. And that spirit was upon Jesus. But aren't you glad that that same spirit that was upon Jesus is now resting upon you just as much. Amen. That's the reason why you're born again. We have said that so many times. The reason that you're born again is not just so you could go to heaven, but so that heaven in the form of the Holy Spirit could move on the inside of you. So heaven has moved inside of you. The Holy Spirit himself has moved inside of you. And one of the attributes, not the only one, but the one attribute that I would like to focus in, zero in tonight, is the spirit of might. And when we talk about the spirit of might, sometimes we use words and uh, terminology such as uh, power and energy and authority and now might. They all seem to blend in. They all seem to kind of say the same thing until we begin to purposely uh, separate them and define them. Does that make sense to you? Sometimes it's just good to focus in on some of these words that we so often use and begin to define them. And so uh, the spirit of might or the word might uh, has a connotation with it of sustained power. 
sustained power. How I many of you know it's one thing to have power, but if you have sustained power, it's going to last a little while. Would you agree with that? And one of the best ways for me to explain that would be by talking about what Jesus said. He, he uh, talked to the fig tree, and you know the story. It's written for us in Mark chapter 11. How that he talked to the fig tree and he told the fig tree, no man shall eat fruit of you hereafter forever. And we know the story. I'm not going to go into details, but it took 24 hours for that to be accomplished. Now, that's not a very long time for any of us, of course, but um, his disciples asked him about that. And I'm always so amazed by what Jesus answered. He answered Peter because Peter was the mouthpiece, you could say, Master, the tree that you spoke to has withered away from its roots. And so Jesus did not scold him and say, you know, well, yeah, that's really good that you noticed that. But, uh, you know, the only me, only the Messiah can, can do that. Jesus did not say that. Uh, he, he upped him, you could say. You know, he, he increased the message by saying, hey, do you think that's something what just happened to the fig tree? Why, if you talk to that mountain, if you talk to the mountain by faith, it is going to be removed for you. And uh, so how many of you know that just because you've talked to a circumstance or you've talked to uh, something that you want to see moved in your life just once is not a guarantee that it is going to move. Just because you've talked to a mountain once is no guarantee that it is going to be moved. Amen. By faith uh, all things are possible, but not necessarily definite. There are some factors that we have to become knowledgeable about. Just because you've talked to a mountain just once is no guarantee that it is going to be moved. But if you apply not only faith, but patience uh, in the things that you're doing, and patience would mean consistency, amen, you know, you've, you do this over a long period of time, then over a long period of time, you will see the results of what you're believing for. Does that make sense to you? Now, we're used to, you know, because we live in a fast-paced, fast-food kind of an atmosphere and environment, we think that everything has to happen real quick and just right now. But uh, this is where the spirit of might come, comes in. Because power, yes, sometimes it's a flash, but many times there is a, there's a factor involved. It takes a little bit longer. Amen. And that's what might literally is. You can do some things and move some things with the power of God. But then there are things in your life, in my life, uh, it's not just going to be moved by a quick event. It's going to take a process. And so that's where might becomes involved. You know, Brother Hagen, our spiritual father, used to say this about the local church, and I believe it'd be good for me to repeat that because we are, we are in the year of the local church. Amen. And so he would often say that God is looking for uh, churches that are strong in the word and strong in the spirit, and they have a sustained move of God or a move of the Holy Spirit in their midst. 
Do you know what I'm saying with that? It's one thing for us to have the gifts of the Holy Spirit move every once in a while. <laughs> you know, it's, it's amazing. Sometimes we are just so glad that we have tongues and interpretation or uh, the gifts of healings uh, once a month. Those are wonderful things. But I believe that, uh, that God is looking for churches that are strong in the Word, strong in the Spirit, and they have a sustained move of God in their midst. With other words, it is, a, it is a, uh, a, a, a consistent move of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So when we're talking about might, uh, again, it's not just a quick event. There's a process involved that includes faith. It includes patience. Most likely, all the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, um, you know, peace, long-suffering, all these things are involved in it. And when you sum it all up, now you got the spirit of might. One way to explain might is also it's the ability to accomplish anything. Amen. One way, one way to explain might and the spirit of might is by saying it's the ability to accomplish anything. Now, one thing... Uh, that I've noticed as well. It's an attribute of God. It's an attribute of the Holy Spirit. And you will always see it mixed in with other things. We just read uh, Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 2, where it talks about the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of the fear of the Lord, the spirit of counsel and might. So might does not just stand on its own, but it's always connected to and linked to other attributes of God as well. It is in this case in Hebrew or uh, Isaiah chapter 11 and verse 2, it is connected to counsel, but it also, it's also connected to wisdom and understanding. So I'd like to uh, show you a few scriptures to make that really clear. In Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 28, God is asking the question, have you not known? Have you not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not faint, neither is weary? There's no searching of his understanding. With other words, if, you are, if you're of great understanding, you'll not faint and you'll not grow weary. Sometimes or maybe perhaps all the time, the reasons why we grow weary is because we don't always see the whole picture. We sometimes lack an understanding, and so we're going to have to find out from heaven what is happening. We have to get heaven's understanding because that'll boost your faith. That'll boost your, your understanding that you can see, okay, that's what's going on. That will cause you to not faint and cause you to not become weary. Mark chapter 6 and verse 2, when Jesus came to his own hometown, uh, it's written about him in uh, Mark chapter 6 and verse 2, and when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, from whence or from where does this man have these things? What wisdom is this which is given unto him that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands. So the people of his own church, they recognized that all the great works that Jesus did was done because he was operating by 
a specific type of wisdom. Amen. And so I believe this. This is true for you and I as, as, as well. Great works, greater works don't just happen. <laughs> Amen. It doesn't just happen. There's a reason why great works, why healings happen, why miracles happen, why people are raised from the dead, why the multiplication of food occurs. It doesn't just happen. There's a wisdom involved with that. Amen. And so that's why we talk about the wisdom, the, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might. Ecclesiastes chapter 10 and verse 10, I'm reading it to you from the Amplified Version. If the axe is dull and the man does not wet the edge, he must put forth more strength, but wisdom helps him to succeed. Now that's a good scripture, isn't it? Because if, you, if you're about to uh, fell a tree, you want to, you know, use your axe and you find out that axe is dull, you could chop that tree down, but it's going to take a lot more strength out of you. It's going to take a lot more energy out of you than when you go and spend maybe half an hour sharpening that, that axe and then uh, you're going to get the job done a lot faster. Isn't that right? So it's good for us to become knowledgeable. It's good for us to become involved in the spirit of might because it involves a certain type of wisdom that's going to get the job done more efficiently and effectively. Amen. So what are the qualifications for us to operate under the spirit of might? Well, first of all, let me, you know, uh, back up a, a moment because we have already stated, we've already seen, it's an attribute of the Holy Spirit. And thank God that he, the Holy Spirit, resides on the inside of us. Amen. He's not just a spiritual hitchhiker. He's not just coming along for for the right. He is purposely inside of us in order to accomplish something. Amen. So the qualifications for the spirit of might has got to do with, um, well, let me just talk to you um, uh, about this real quick. In Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 29, the Bible talks about God. And one of the things that he does is he gives power to the faint. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. That's good to know, isn't it? <laughs> One of the attributes of God is this. When he sees you, that you are just about to faint, he'll give you power. When he sees that you don't have might, you don't have what it takes, he's going to increase your strength. So let's talk about that just for a moment. You know, what, what does it mean to to have no might, to lack strength. What does it mean to faint? Well, one picture that comes to my mind is when you are mal malnourished, <laughs> what happens then is you, uh, you become, you, you know, you become weak and you don't have any might inside of you. Does that make sense? Let me, let me just, uh, I, I just got to back up really quick here. So Luke chapter 4 and verse 4 tells us this, and Jesus answered him, talking to the devil, <laughs> Jesus is talking to the devil, he said, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. 
Amen. So when we're talking about being mal- malnourished, the, the picture that I get is, you know, I'm sure you've seen movies <laughs> like that when somebody, you know, is shipwrecked and he holds on to a piece of driftwood or something else and he kind of floats and after many days, you know, he, he, he reaches the beach and he's just parched and he's fainting because, you know, he's not been eating and drinking for some time and, you know, he is really a, a malnourished person. Does that make sense to you? So sometimes we are that way in our spiritual walk, right? When you get overwhelmed with all the things that are going on, the things that are happening uh, with viruses and with governments and lockdowns, you know, you, you might be tempted to get overwhelmed. But what do you do? Well, you fill yourself up with the word and begin to pray in the spirit, in the spirit, so that after a while you you can this is actually a tangible thing. You can feel power rise up on the inside of you again. I don't know about you, but it's very tangible for for me at least. When I just you know just I shut everything off. I shut everything down. I don't listen to anything on YouTube. I don't even listen to any preachers. It's just me and Jesus. And we're going to just spend some time in the Word. And we're going to just spend some time just, just meditating scriptures and talk to Jesus, our master, about what he has said. I don't know about you, but I have found myself going from you know a state of maybe not mal- malnourished, but you know, definitely hungry and thirsty for some more of God to becoming satisfied and to becoming filled again. Amen. So might rises up. Power rises up on the inside of us. Does that make sense? And so one of the scriptures is, you know, I believe it's in 1 Thessalonians. It tells us that the word is working mightily in me. Amen. So something you got to disconnect yourself from, from all the things of this world. You got to disconnect yourself from your opinions, <laughs> from how you feel about things, from how you see things, and just begin to focus on the word and let that word, you know, be so rich and so strong in you that it becomes a force that works mightily in you. No matter what the circumstances, no matter what I feel or see, the word is working mightily in me. Amen. That's, a, that's just one way for the spirit of might to begin to flow again, to operate in you again. You can't live outside of the word. <laughs> Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that's written or by every word from the mouth of God. Amen. If you, if you keep that right in front of your eyes, if you keep the word in the center of your being, in the core of your being, then Proverbs tells us this, that these words, they will literally become life to those who find them and health to all your flesh. Amen. You, you can't help that. It is a seed. When you plant that seed inside of your spirit, praise God. I tell you what, you don't have to work anything up. You don't have to psych yourself up. You don't have to pretend anything. It's just there for the taking. Can you say amen? All right. Uh, talking about fainting, you know, you got to be in this thing for the long haul. 
right? Sometimes we, we grow weary because some things take so long, right? You expected some things to happen a lot sooner, but uh, it takes so long. And while you're waiting for the manifestation, while you are waiting for things to, to change, there is an opportunity for you to become weary, there's an opportunity for you to become faint. Galatians even tells us that let us not be weary in well-doing. So when you're doing well, uh, that's an opportunity for you to become weary in it. So what do you do? Well, don't become weary in well-doing because in due season, thank God, there's a due date on everything. Amen. There's a due date on everything. Just like there's a due date on your bill, thank God. There is a due date on the promises of God just as much. When you plant it as a seed, there's a due date for that seed to become manifested. So uh, don't be weary in well-doing. For in due season, we shall reap, what? If we faint not. If we faint not. So there's an opportunity to become weary, to, you know, to throw in the towel and become depressed and say, well, this has taken way too long. I expected these things to happen a long time ago. So don't worry about it. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 11 tells us, you know, it's a prayer that Paul prayed for the church in Colossae. You can pray that prayer for yourself or for the church. And it says, he said, strengthened with all might. He prayed for the church. He said, uh, I want you to be strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. With joyfulness. Now, that's a, an amazing scripture, isn't it? <laughs> I used to uh, say it this way. You know, I used to read the scripture, <laughs> and then I would read it like, strengthened with all might. And when I think about that, strengthened with all might, I'm thinking about Samson, right? When he got, when the Holy Ghost would come on him, and he would just know, just know like he knew his own name, I'm going to have to slap me some Philistines here. And he would go out and he would do what he did, uh, you know, kill a thousand Philistines all in one day with the jaw of a donkey. Now, that's a, that's a big job all in one day. That took some strength out of him. <laughs> so obviously, he had to operate by by an outside force from a different realm. Amen. You, you can't do that just in the natural. It's impossible to accomplish that. But thank God, because the spirit of might being upon Samson, he was able to do that, that very thing. Amen. So that's what I'm thinking. But when I kept reading, you know, I'm thinking Samson strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. But then I kept reading, and it kind of was a bummer <laughs> in the sense that unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. I thought, well, when I think about strength and with might, I want to see some strength and some power. You know, I'm not necessarily thinking about uh, patience and long-suffering with joyfulness, but do you know uh, again, it's got to do with power. It's got to do with energy. It's got to do with might. Some things are, you know, are eventful, 
right? They're just, just like, a, like a flash of lightning. You know, it's very eventful. I mean, uh, summertime is coming. And uh, when we stand on, on, the, on our deck and, you know, facing west, sometimes you see the clouds coming in. You hear the thunder roll. And, you know, I'm standing on the deck ready with my camera because there are some, some spectacular flashings of, of light coming out of these clouds. It looks amazing. <laughs> Amen. So that's, that's a very spectacular thing. Uh, but then on the other hand, there's times that you need that power to last a long time. Amen. I mean, it's kind of like a, like a nine-volt battery. But would you rather have a flashing bolt on your camera, you know, or a picture of a flashing bolt or a picture of a nine-volt battery? Well, a nine-volt battery is kind of a boring thing. But a nine-volt battery will last you a lot longer than, a, than that flashing, than that flash of that bolt that's coming out of the clouds. Am I making sense here? So this got to do with the spirit of might, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. Amen. So are you patient? You know what that means? Patience does not mean that, you know, that you are long-suffering with circumstances. That's, that's not what that means. Patience means that you are con consistent in the things that God has told you to do. You keep saying the same things. You keep praying the same things. You keep sing singing the same songs until you see it manifest without ever, ever changing. Does that make sense to you? Amen. So you are patient, patient, you know, with the things that you are dealing with, but your patience is rooted and grounded in, in, the, in the word of God and the nature of God. Amen. But then long suffering's got to do with, with people. Amen. You got to be long suffering. That just means you got to have to suffer long sometimes. Amen. <laughs> But you're not having a, you don't have an attitude of, you know, well, you know, I got to do this again. We're going to have to be long-suffering with people again. No, no, no. You're doing it with joyfulness. You don't mind. You don't mind, right? Because how many of you know God's been long-suffering with all of us, and he's never lost his joy over us. <laughs> That's really good news. Amen. Then another way for the spirit of might is you know, sometimes when it, when it starts to appear in our lives is when you have exhausted all of your strength, right? Jesus came to a point, to a place in his ministry. Well, he knew he was going to go to the cross. He took his, you know, his, uh, his staff with him, three of them, Peter, John, and James. He asked them to come along with him and pray. Well, they didn't pray. They, they fell asleep. But while they fell asleep, Jesus is going through an extremely, extremely, what's the word? It's a difficult time for him, but, you know, he's got to work some things out, right? He's asking the Father, Father, if there is a way, you know, other than what we've talked about and what we've got planned, if there is another way of doing it, let me know because this is a very difficult route for us to go. But he said, Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. So, um, you know, after he prayed those things, you can tell that he, he was totally committed. 
right? Because he, he, he went to his disciples and he said, you know, let's go because, you know, he had worked these things out in the garden of, of, of Gethsemane. You could say it this way. He crucified his flesh in the garden of Eden. The, the Roman soldiers crucified his flesh a day later, but he crucified his flesh down there in, in, in the garden of Eden. He became totally committed to what God wanted him to do. But during the time after he committed, an angel appeared unto him. Luke chapter 22 and verse 43. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. Strengthening him. I said, Lord, you know, why don't you do that more, more often? You know, there's a lot of times that people need strength. Why don't you send them an angel? Because that might help them become strengthened. And I believe this is what the Lord told me. And I'm going to submit that to you. He said, you know, he said to me that grace and strength come after you commit. Grace and strength come after you commit. It's kind of like your second wind. I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but I remember when I was a kid, I would, you know, play soccer and I would push, you know, I would push my body uh, many, many times. And once in a while, you'd be able to get to break through that wall and you get your second wind and you could run you know, for another hour if you, if you needed to. It was only 45 minutes. But if you really pressed, you know, pressed against that wall, you know, you're really tired and you feel like, you know, you feel like uh, quitting and you feel like, you know, not running as fast or as hard as you've been doing. But if you keep pressing through, then all of a sudden you find yourself in that second wind. And so you will find that it's the same thing in the realm of the spirit. If you, if you keep working with the Spirit of God and you, you, know, you just keep pressing against the walls, uh, against the things that are right in front of you, you will get past it into a new realm. Praise the Lord. And that gets, that gets very exciting. Praise God. It gets very exciting. So supernatural strength, might comes after you commit. I'm just reminded at this moment uh, about something that happened uh, many years ago, you know, my, my, my wife Ingrid and I, we were about to get married and we had already committed that we were going to go uh, to Bible school. But we, but we needed, you know, a big, a large amount of money in order for that to happen, which we did not have. And so, um, you know, I'm walking by faith. We're both walking by faith for that money to come in. But we didn't know how. We didn't know when. But there was a certain specific date that that money, that we needed to have proof of that money in order for us to be able to get a student visa from the school that we were going to. And um, so I just, I just did what I, what I knew best. You know, we were in faith, we had prayed, and we believed God for those finances to come in. But at the same time, I didn't just sit back. At the same time, I didn't just wait for something to happen. I did my utmost to get these finances in. So I would work long, long hours. But I found myself, uh, you know, at a, at a place after I had done everything that I knew I could do from, from the natural, it was the easiest thing to operate in faith. 
praise God, because I, because I knew that what I needed to do from the natural I had done. And so for God to do his part was easy for Ingrid and I to have faith for. So again, that's got to do when you have exhausted all of your strength. Many people just kind of throw in a towel real quick, right? Oh, I can't do that. You know, I, I don't know, that takes too long. I don't know, I just quit. No, don't have that attitude. Do everything you can do. Do everything you know to do. And when you have done that, it's easy to operate in faith and believe God for him to do the part that you cannot do for yourself. Sometimes, you know, there's another area when, when might has to kick in for us, has to do when you don't feel you've got what it takes. Amen. Sometimes you are in that place. You just don't feel that you've got what it takes. And, um, you know, so I'm just, I'm going to read the scripture to you. Jeremiah chapter 12 and verse 5. It says, if you have run with the footman and they have wearied you, then how can you contend with horses? Interesting scripture, isn't it? If you're not able to run with regular foot soldiers, what makes you think that you can have a, have a race against horses? So that's sometimes how people feel. They feel that they, that they don't just measure up. They feel like, well, I don't count, or I'm not worthy of this, or I don't have the ability. So if you get out of that realm and you become acquainted with the Spirit of God, he'll, He will give you the might. He'll give you the strength to accomplish what you normally cannot do for your own self. So I'm going to say this in closing, but this is such a powerful scripture that I believe if you pray this for yourself, you make it personal, I believe it will, it will strengthen you in the core of your being. In the core of your being. Paul prayed this for the church in Ephesus. Saying in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 14. For this cause he said I bow my knees unto the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He had a cause. Because he had a cause he was able to, to bow his knees. You, you'll begin to bow your knee. Not just, you know, not just metaphorically but you actually do it. When you got a cause. Amen. A lot of people, when they pray, they don't have a cause. They just kind of pray. It's kind of vague. And, uh, you know, if you would ask them, what are you praying about? Well, nothing in particular. Well, that's exactly what you're going to get. Nothing in particular. But if you got a cause and you pray that, you know, you pray uh, about that cause for that cause, then I believe it'll be a motivating factor for you to see it through by faith. So this is what he prayed he said, I, uh, uh, for this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in your inward man. Why? Well, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. So when you begin to pray that for yourself, that God will grant unto you according to the riches of his glory to become strengthened with might in your spirit, in your spirit man, that's, your, that's really the inner man is your spirit man. Guess what's going to happen? 
Christ is, will dwell in your heart by faith. Now, that doesn't just mean that Jesus lives in your heart. That's, we know that to be true. But I believe this goes a little bit deeper. Christ, how many of you know, is not Jesus' last name. Right? Christ is really who he is. I, I, I love the way that Brother Copeland explains it. It's, it's the anointed one and his anointing that lives inside of you. Amen? So it's not just a little, a little, you know, just a little sweet thing, although that may be, you may feel that every once in a while, but there is a person with might living on the inside of you who will give you the strength that you need to be a successful person, even if it's going to take 50 years. Amen. Who cares? Who cares if something's going to take 50 years as long as the job is going to get done? Amen. So we're going to have to have that kind of a mindset when it comes to the, to the things of God. That he will grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend, have the wherewithal, right? That's what we're talking about. That you've got what it takes, that you've got the ability to grasp. One translation says that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints, the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height. Four dimensions right here. Amen. Four dimensions of the, of the, of the realm of the spirit right, right here written down for us. That you may have the power to understand it, to grasp it. You may have the, the, the wherewithal to take it all in. Wouldn't that be good? If you, if you see things rather than from your neck of the woods, when you move up to your place of authority, you are seated with Christ in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named. That's our play. That's our vantage point. Amen. That's where we have to operate from. That's how we got to talk from. I'm always thinking, thinking about Abraham. You know, Abraham, actually back then he was still Abraham in Genesis chapter 15. He became Abraham right afterwards. But, you know, God had promised him a child and he promised him a piece of land to go along with it. So God or Abraham informed the Lord one time. He told him, behold, Lord, with other words, look where I'm at, Lord. Look, look where I'm at. You promised me a child and there's no such thing as, as any child at this moment. And the, one, the guy who's going to be next in line, who's going to receive my inheritance, is this Eliezer from Damascus. And I'm more than happy to give it to him, but you promised me a child. So what did God do? Instead of God coming down to where he is, he brought Abram to where he was. And he said, you know what? Just take a look at the stars. If you can count them, then you have an idea of what I'm going to do. With your offspring. If, you, if that's difficult for you to imagine, look at all the sand at the seashore. If you're able to count them, then you have a good idea of what I'm going to do with your offspring. And then he made a covenant with them. Changed his name from Abram to Abraham, the father of many nations. Who I tell you what, that will, that will cause some might, some strength to rise up inside of him. Inside of us, praise God, <laughs> may be able to comprehend with all the saints the length, the depth, the breadth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, so that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. 
Amen. You might be filled with all the fullness of God. And then it finishes off by now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Now, if we would stop there, it'd be a great way to say, you know what, Lord, it's all up to you. Right? You're able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. But notice that it brings it right down to where you are, home to where you are, home to where the Spirit of God is. It is according or in agreement with the power that is working within us. Everything, every answer to your prayer is not according to God's sovereign will up in heaven. He's already revealed his sovereign will from heaven. Now we have to work that out in our spirits. Amen. Every prayer is according to the power that is working within us. So our job is to pray alongside these kind of prayers. You know, why don't you say it with me? Go ahead and say it with me. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I ask you, grant unto me, according to the riches of your glory, for me to be strengthened with might by your Spirit, in my spirit, so that Christ, the anointed one and his anointing, may dwell in my heart by faith, so that I, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend, have the power to grasp with all the saints, the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height. And to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. And now I'm filled with all the fullness of God. And I believe that the things that I have prayed for regarding my family, regarding my church, regarding my children, regarding my spouse, regarding my business, regarding my ministry, It's all done. (laughs) In Jesus' name, we expect constantly, consistently, that things will move towards us. Finances are coming in. Oh, healing is flowing. The gifts of the Spirit are moving in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you so much for your attention. I love being here and bringing the word of God. Praise God.